Super Talk Mississippi media production. Fordofcorinth.com is having a 2023 inventory blowout sale. Check out all of last year's models in the lot, which must be moved. Bring your enthusiasm and your down payment. Let our team of finance professionals remove the test so you can just drive off our lot. Fordofcorinth.com. What's up on a Wednesday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Michael Borky. Appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us on this May 13th edition of the Rumble Report podcast. I got the date very quickly only because I know there's a UFC card tonight. Uh, so that's kind of how things are going. Will any but of them lot- be free? I don't know. So this is obviously not a main like when I I'm at the point where like I'm kind of like the dumb dumb test for UFC as a very casual UFC fan. I've gotten to the point where like ninety percent of the time, I can like I've heard of the names on the feature fight of the main card or whatever. Haven't ever heard of these guys, so I think it's a smaller card. Same with the one Saturday. I don't know about pay per view or free. I'll have to look into it. But there is definitely a bunch of UFC cards or UFC fights tonight, starting at five thirty and ending with something uh, looks to be around ten thirty Central Time. But anyway, live sports, live sports. That's right. Also on the sports front, this just happened. Uh, the Rams released new uniforms and move. Beside Falcons, these are the worst in the NFL. Really? Because the Rams were kind of in a position to uh, to kind of rectify. They'd been kind of seemed like they'd been clashing with their modern color scheme. Like I'm thinking greatest show on turf, early 2000s, uh, back to their classic L.A. Rams jerseys. So like they've the, got the, those colors. But here's the problem. Their helmet has been changed to that that terrible, like that that shitty new like Ram horn that they've made. So it's the right blue and the right yellow, but it's that ram horn. The blue tops have numbers that are like, uh, they're very curvy numbers, but they start yellow at the top and they fade to white at the bottom in the numbers. So, so I'm they have exact gradient you on numbers. This. I actually don't, I, okay, well, the, I, you point, I just pulled them up and you pointed out the white thing. That's not my favorite. The rest of this, I don't mind. This actually looks pretty, I think the white ones look sweet. Let me DM you. Do you follow Peter Schrager? Uh, no, but I have Jalen Ramsey's uniform. Like, if you, uh, we look at it two different things. Well, Peter Schrager has a um, uh, like a one in, in hand. Like they sent him one, and the white is not white. It is. It's like an off gray. It's not white. Here, I'll, I'll DM it to you. Uh, wait a minute. This is complete. I just pulled it up. This is completely different. Uh, yeah, this is great podcasting because no one out there can see this. But uh, for someone that struggles to see colors well, this almost looks pink to me. Um, yeah, the it's, Ram- it's like if you accidentally washed a white shirt with a like a salmon shirt, this is the color you get. I was going to go in a different direction in terms of uh, determining how hydrated you are based on how you pee, but uh. <laughs> that works. That works as well. Uh, see, see Jalen Ramsey. This is terrible. Jalen Ramsey kind of tweeted out more of like a like a like a spray artist design type version of these, and uh, like if they had been white, they look great. I actually don't mind the blue on yellow. The blue on blue is a little much, but still not awful. I don't understand if you're going to have white uniforms, why not make them white? Um, but they're going to look white in my eyes because I can't tell the difference unless it's up close, like that picture. But anyhow, I guess everyone in the gradient, NFL is. Though. What is, is the gradient? In, yeah, I don't understand that. Like, like, like I said, they're going to look white on television to me. I promise, because I have compromised uh, yeah. color, whatever. But uh, this, yeah, I don't understand that. But um, like the so Falcons, everyone in the NFL red, is rolling them out. Is everyone getting new yeah. uniforms? Why not the like the Saints or Titans? I guess the Titans just changed, but the Titans did what two years ago? Yeah, they went from like the well, I guess it was like three. Yeah, two or three at this point. I don't know. They went from the white helmet to the navy and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, you know, look like a wax school, but whatever. Uh, who, so who's all changed uniforms just this year? It's been the Browns, the the Rams, the Chargers, Pats, the Bucks, Patriots, the Buccaneers, um, the Falcons. That's at least six. Yeah, uh, the Chargers. Did did we say them? Yeah, I said them. Uh, there's a couple that I know we're missing one or two more out there. It's at least six or seven. I don't know. It's interesting. Lots of teams going with, uh, rebranding some, I get some, I don't, but, uh, 
Yeah, we got to. Uh, I didn't really tease the show much today. We're going to kind of get into a discussion of uh, what we continued from the radio show yesterday. But you're kind of getting, we mentioned the month of May, like back when all this quarantine started, as you began getting tired of hearing about uh, coronavirus and all the other nonsense that we've kind of force fed uh, consumers for the la- of this podcast for the last two months. But we always talked about May and the middle of May in particular being the crucial month. Well, guess what? May 13th constitutes the uh, middle of May, and it is starting to get down to the uh, nitty gritty in terms of winter sports coming back. You know, we, we, we had, you and I disagreed slightly. I was more disagreeing with Colin Coward about something on the show yesterday with baseball and it coming back versus basketball. Uh, and the basketball is, uh, I was about to make a reference that might get me in trouble. The basketball is, uh, like the temperature on whether it's coming back or not is, uh, is like a mood ring on a bipolar person. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's literally changing by the day. Like, at the end of last week, you were kind of like, yeah, I don't know if this is actually going to happen after I was kind of an optimist uh, for a lot of it. And then last night, uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, commonly known as Woj on the Internet, uh, has reporting about Adam Silver having or coming off a call with the Board of Governors. Is that correct? Or I mean, it's the owners. They call them governors now because the NBA is woke. But <laughs> that's their biggest problem in all this is they are woke. So they can't just have the screw it, we're playing mentality unless the players like lead it up. And I guess that's what happened last night. Is yeah, or, or I was yesterday. About to say the, I mean, the the face in the NBA, young and old. Well, it was LeBron, Chris Paul, Giannis. And in terms of, uh, and over the last 15 years, you know, decade, decade and a half, talk about two guys that have been at the center of like what the NBA does, obviously LeBron. Uh, and then Chris Paul is like, kind of like, like if he ends up representing the players associates after he retires, it would, it would, it honestly shocked me if he did it. Like he's been very involved in that type of stuff. Anyway, group of seven, eight NBA players kind of presented a United front, talked to Adam Silver on coming back, but. What is the the reporting coming out of last night? Is they're optimistic? There's still no concrete details, though. Like they're looking at a campus-like environment, still mentioning Vegas, still mentioning Orlando, still don't feel confident about rapid response testing, which I found interesting. And so, I, well, I'm trying. I'm I'm finding it difficult to kind of broach this topic and where I want to go with it. We'll start. I am of the opinion that baseball, despite getting more backlash, is doing actual more substantive work to start their season than the NBA is to restart their season. And reverse of the show yesterday, we'll start with basketball. I read this story from Woj in the ESPN story, and it's just kind of the same thing. They keep floating out that they're optimistic, but they're not actually setting concrete deadlines and concrete whatever. And as I pointed out yesterday, they're running out of time. It's May 13th. At some point, they're going to have it. The longer they wait, the less likely they are going to be able to play every regular season game remaining. And there oh, I is think that's out. I think you get to whatever number that appeases the TV contracts and allows them to kick in, which is seventy. And weren't they at like at the, most teams are around the fifty-eight, sixty game mark? I think you get to that and you're done. I, I think eighty-two is a hundred percent out the window. Maybe I'm wrong. Like if you're on the Knicks, though, other than just being a competitor and playing because that's what you should do and that's what you get paid to do. But if you're on the Knicks and it's like, wait, you're going to force me to come back and get ready and go through training camp again to play 10 games for a team that's not wanting to win anymore? Why would I do that? Why would I vote in favor of that? Yeah, I I agree. Uh, It all comes down to money. Like, hey, if you don't play, you don't get paid. But what if, like, the Knicks, I'll just keep using them, say, why don't you just do the playoff teams? Just do do it that way because there's no reason for us to play other than simply just getting a paycheck. But other than that, uh, forcing us back on the court is it's not dangerous, but like having to re go through training camp and re get into game shape just to play ten games in which your your ownership and your management don't want you to win. Uh, I'm, why would I play? Why would I even give well, effort? Well, I mean, it's it's literally all coming down to money. One, the organization is definitely going to put a team on the floor so they can kick, get it to the seventy game threshold to where they're. That's uh, what it TV is. Contracts like, for sure, they got to play seventy. Yeah, seventy game mark is when the regional television contracts are like. I've, I'm, I'm, my mom would be disappointed. I don't know the legal term. Are not null and void. I know that's not a, a legal term, but like you, they have to be paid out once you get to the 70 game mark. Is what I'm trying to say. And so, from an organizational standpoint, teams that are out of the playoffs 
owner's going to put some bodies on the floor. Um, I get it from the player's perspective, like, why am I going out there? But uh, they will get paid, which is, which is a plus. Money is better than no money. But I get it from that standpoint. I am more looking at this from a macro point of view. And they keep pumping these stories out about once a week about Adam Silver having a call or there being a meeting and there's optimism. But then after, it's the same headline every single time. Sources, execs hopeful for return after a call with Adam Silver. And then it's the same thing. This is the main question centered around how many positive tests are too many? Can they get rapid fire tests I and mean, rapid response testing? Doesn't seem likely. Like, discussed a bubble isolation plan. Like, at some point, can we move past the, hey, we might play in Vegas, hey, we might play in Orlando, and actually get down to, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, like baseball? Baseball, for as ugly as this fight is going to be over money, sent a proposal to, this is what we're going to do, this is when we're going to start, this is how we're going to do it approve it, and we'll go to whereas the NBA just kind of keeps floating out, which is great Twitter fodder and pretty much nothing else of, hey, we're discussing this. And it, like they've been discussing the same thing for a month and a half. And like I, I'm not like necessarily knocking them for being inefficient, but I think it's almost more of a smokescreen. Until I see something about like, hey, they're playing in this venue. This is how this is happening. This is when this is starting. I'm just kind of calling bullshit. Yeah, and the, the knock on baseball is not the lack of a plan. It's it, the the dispute would be the knock. Like it, it's, I think it's great that baseball's got a plan in place, it, and good on the owners and everybody involved to to send the players a plan. And it, it certainly seems like they are are going to take the same approach that you've seen UFC, for example, is yeah, look, we're going to get some criticism, but we we got to play, we got to make money, like, we we have to do this. Uh, and they deserve credit for that. The, the criticism that baseball is getting is because the players might reject that proposal and they may not play over a wage dispute instead of like a safety concern. But and the mis the misconception though is like like you're married. Is there something that your wife would just absolutely not do? Like just whether it's move so like move to somewhere, buy something. Is there just some topic that you just will never broach because you know it's not happening? <laughs> There's a couple, yeah. <laughs> okay, well that's that's what's happening here. I mean. Baseball doesn't like the players don't want anything to do with the salary cap. They don't want like when revenue is down, they don't want that to affect their salaries because it doesn't affect it when revenue is up. The player salaries don't fluctuate with revenue. There is no salary cap in baseball. And now the owners are doing this 50 50 revenue split and the sal a portion of the salary is being paid based on revenue and that in their minds and the players aren't wrong in this is a salary cap. And that's kind of like the thing in the marriage to pull a Colin Coward reference that they're just having no part of. I mean, there will be no rational discussion about a salary cap. Like it's just, they just don't want anything to do with it. They struck, I mean, they didn't have a world series in a postseason in 1994 over this because in 1994, the owners wanted a salary cap and the players didn't budge. And now it seems to me the players association thinks the owners are using a global pandemic to try to institute a permanent salary cap instead of this being a one-off, which is what, in all of this reporting, I've never, I haven't seen anything about it. Like would the players be more like willing to accept something like this? If there was something in writing that, Hey, this is a one-off and we will go back to completely normal next year. Cause the problem with this is, is they, I believe they have another labor negotiation with an expiring CBA in 2021 so I believe they see this as a prelude to the owners being like, hey, let's just make this permanent, if that makes sense. And like the Colin Cowherd marriage divorce uh, references that he always loves to use, that's just a subject that they're not going to have a rational discussion on. It's just not happening. Yeah, and I understand that. But I also understand why most people um, don't sympathize. And for some reason, they sympathize with owners, which is funny because they're the billionaires. Yeah, they're richer. They they're richer, um, but I do I do see where people are coming from. Where uh, they say, "Man, every other sport, every other sport has a salary cap, and you're really not going to play this year because you might have one, like everybody else has to have one." Like, get over yourself. You're a millionaire baseball player, as you know. Shut up and play. And that's not that's not exactly right, and it's not nuanced or uh, really understanding of the situation and it's also siding with people who are much richer but that is going to be the public reaction is wait you're not going to play when given a deal because of a salary cap when the nfl the nba major league saw everybody else has a salary cap you won't agree to one for just one year to play screw you 
I don't care about you. That, that'll be the public reaction. Whether that's right or wrong, I guess doesn't matter. But that is going to be the public reaction to this if they don't get it done. Yeah, I and it's like the owners like the spot they're in from a public perception standpoint. Oh, they love it. They've controlled the message, man. It's crazy. And it bothers the players even more that the owners know this. And like the, like this the whether true untrue, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle, but the the players see this as just a complete manipulation job by the owners to try to enact permanent change. Uh, I mean, these things are contentious by nature. Like, I don't know any head of the NFLPA that probably is going to, I mean, of any sort of players association, not the NFL, that's just going to be like, yeah, me and the owners are pals. Just not really the way that dynamic or relationship works. But baseball is going to kind of get some negative press aside from the whole restarting thing and people who don't believe that is uh, smart. But just outside of that, it's going to be hopefully a brief fight, but probably a very contentious and ugly one, um, if I had to take a guess. And they're going to get bad publicity for that. But in, like I'm just of the opinion, at least they're trying and at least they're actually putting substantive, uh, I guess, like pieces, forces in motion, whatever the analogy you want to use to actually get on the field and play where the NBA just keeps floating out these same things. And I look, I'm going to get accused of being a baseball homer here. But honestly, if you made me pick right now which one I'd rather watch, MLB or playoff basketball, I'd rather see the NBA come back. To me, that's more compelling. Like, yes, I, in my answer in October when there's no playoff baseball on would probably be different. But like right now, I'd rather see playoff basketball and, like, these playoff races finish out in basketball. But I just, like, baseball to me is kind of getting raked over the coals in some ways because of, like, oh, they can't get it on the same page. Where, like, well, the NBA, there's no page to get on. There's no, there's no plan, really. And maybe that changes in the coming days. But baseball at least has, like, I, in my opinion, they have more time. Because the, every day the NBA waits, they're a day closer to competing with football in their postseason to where baseball, that doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. Well, they are yet, of course, because they already do. And, and the NBA doesn't want to compete with football because they will get smoked. I, I just, it, it's crazy um, that the NFL has decided to put a, day, a game on Christmas Day because they'll just flex their muscle with, and show how much more important they are than basketball with how many more people actually watch that game. But you're right. I, I'm starting to get kind of sick of these NBA stories. Like, I understand it's a thing, and we're going to have to talk about it on radio today, that a bunch of prominent players got together on a call and had a united front about how they want to come back. But I've read Shams today, and I've read Woj today, and neither of them in their stories have, as you've said a few times, a concrete plan. At this point, I mean, it's been 60 days. How do you not have some kind of uniform strategy? Like, it doesn't even have to be what you end up doing. But at least Major League Baseball a couple weeks ago floated out the, hey, we're going to go to our training camp sites, and we're going to do it this way. I know that logistically that can't work. But they have concrete ideas that are out there that they're pushing forward. This is annoying to me. Like, uh, that's great. LeBron James got on a call and said he wants to play because he's aging and he has a championship team and he wants to catch Jordan. But that's all that is. Come up with well, something. To, Go ahead. I, I, no, no, no. I agree. And we're, we're, but to me, like LeBron and those seven, six, seven players getting together and doing that is more substantive than anything the league yes. has done in the last six weeks. And I hate. Like, I, it's like it's easy to sit here and say that, but like, and I don't I hate knocking the league because you're navigating a global pandemic that no, none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. But, like, it's just, um, like, I, I don't know. Maybe the leaks were coming out. Like, maybe these leaks were going to happen one way or another. It's just, I, like, I, I feel, like, weird knocking them because, again, we've never, like, seen anything or been through anything like this. But at the same time, like, it's kind of like put up or shut up. Like, it's like they're stalling and they want you to think they're going for it. It's almost like dece- deception. If they weren't saying anything, fine, whatever. It's just annoying that they keep floating these same things out. Exactly. And leadership in the NBA needs to just grow a set and move forward with something. It, it, it at least put something out there that's concrete that you can build towards. Put something out there. Major League Soccer did it. They're going to do the Orlando thing. That came out over the weekend, I guess. They're going to take everybody to Orlando. PGA Tour's got something out there. They might fly the entire tour in a single jumbo jet everywhere they go. 
They've got a plan. They've got something to build towards. UFC's putting on fights. They had 1,200 tests for 300 people. A guy tested positive. They kept fighting. They all, everybody has had a concrete plan except for the NBA. And for some reason, the NBA is getting praised the most. And look, I like Adam Silver. I like the league. I, I like the style of play even. Like the, the Jordan documentary has not turned me off of modern NBA. I like watching scorer score. Like people show clips of people three, four shots at the rim, not making shots. I'm like, wow, that's defense. Screw that. I, I want to see Kevin Durant shake a guy and drain a step back. That's just, I like that. But... They, at the top, as good as he's been as a player's commissioner, he navigated the China thing terribly, and now it, they seem weak because every other major sports league has a plan. And instead it was, oh, well, we don't know, or you, maybe you can go back to the facilities. The messaging's been good, but it's been shallow. And today, you yesterday, and then reading these stories today kind of woke me up to that. It's been shallow. Come up with a freaking plan. I think part of this, too, is you you just about went down a road that I was headed towards as well. It's where Adam Silver's been the commissioner of the NBA since February 1st of 2014. And in terms of like the lifespan of a major uh, North American sports commissioner, that's still kind of in its infancy stage. I mean, five years, I guess he's getting on his or I guess that'd be six years at this point is really not that long of a time. And like when you take like seems like from everything I've read like over like history and stuff just like like when you take over a league like your first like your honeymoon lasts quite a while and like silver got uh, I just say he got lucky that's a terrible way to phrase it he had a bit of a slam dunk to kind of flex his muscles and look strong when he first took over as 3 months in you had the Donald Sterling thing where he made those awful racist remarks about you know, his whatever that I think it was his like girlfriend or something bringing African-American was it players or former players to games. You but point being, he said awful things. The guy deserved to have the team forced to be sold and him being banned for life. So Silver acted quickly and strongly, but there wasn't much controversy there. So that was like a good start. He hasn't taken a major like L or had to be very like dynamic yet in a complicated situation. And uh, I like I'm gonna chalk up global pandemic as the category in the category of complicated, and so this is the first time. Like the China thing wasn't great, probably wouldn't consider it a major L just because it fluctuated out of the news cycle so quickly. But like this is this first time where he's gonna have to be dynamic, and like the consequences are gonna be drastic one way or another. And it seems like he's just kind of handling it with a uh, with a soft grip, which I don't think is the uh, the strategy uh, that needs to be used here. Yeah, and uh, the China thing came back up. I don't know if you saw it yesterday where uh, China is still, still not, not broadcasting the games. Yeah, um, they, they don't need to cave to that. I mean, they just don't. But um, that's a good point. I, I, My opinion on Adam Silver is changing by the day. And it, look, I, I hope we're not sounding insane. We, we get it every day. We get at least one text. I've gotten a few tweets. Uh, the Sunday show got a couple of texts from, from somebody that was, you just, you're just lucky that you don't have anybody around you that has coronavirus. And if you did, it would change your, your thinking. And maybe that's true. Maybe I am insensitive to it because it hasn't impacted me directly. But I... I read the news every day. I look at the numbers every day, and it certainly seems like there is an opportunity to do this safely and also keep people's livelihoods intact. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be full shutdown or else you're not being safe or everything's wide-ass open because this is a conspiracy. Like, it can be in the middle. UFC, I keep going back to them. They did it the right way. They tested everybody. Everything was was isolated and, and done safely. And they preserved people's jobs. In the meantime, you can do that. You can have businesses open in states like Georgia and Florida open and go pretty well so far and do it safely and not spread the virus. Like There are ways you can have both. They did it in South Korea, and it worked for them. We can have both here, too, and that includes sports. Uh, so uh, a couple people, Rippy, on Sunday uh, accused me of being in, insensitive or naive to the reality. And the reality is if you're not in New York or uh, certain ver hubs, very few of them scattered around the country or over the age of 45, 
it's probably not going to affect you at all. That's just the likelihood. So maybe I'm insensitive, but they can do both. And the NBA's lack of plan is a glaring uh, light into a potential weak leader. I just think that's people just losing their minds over this, and this is driving everyone a little bit crazy, in my opinion. But uh, we'll finish that thought in a second. got to take a break. Remind you, podcast brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Another beautiful day outside. As I look outside my window, if you're in the Oxford area, go by. Uh, you want to throw something on the grill tonight. It's going to be perfect grilling weather. It's grilling season. Greg can help you decide what to put on the grill. He's got steaks, custom cuts, all kinds of sausages. Would recommend the ribeye sausage. Lane Train Special, Keith Carter Special, any cut of meat, Greg's got it for you. He can help you decide what you want to throw on the grill. Local businesses need your help now more than ever. Greg's been great to us, made you a ton of money on the football picks. If you follow him, uh, go repay the favor and check him out. Plus, you get the better end of the deal. Anyway, you get to eat delicious meat. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. I, uh, I dropped the ball on getting Greg in for these Wednesday UFC cards. It might suck up on me. I might just get Greg to pick all these because there's no way, no matter how big of a UFC fan he is, he's ever heard of anyone on the card Saturday. So I might have him on Friday and just see if he can hit it 65% on a bunch of fighters he doesn't know. So maybe we'll have to have that Friday. But anyway, yeah, I guess just finishing up the uh, the uh, NBA thing or whatever, it's just – I don't know. I think they're running out of time. I think baseball is further along in terms of returning than the NBA is. And uh, because the NBA is kind of more popular amongst social media and stuff, you don't always kind of see that, um, I guess, in the news cycle. But uh, anyway, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think this next, like, 10 days is absolutely crucial for both leagues, but particularly with the NBA because the baseball, they're going to settle on something. I don't think anyone wants to not have a season, and they already have kind of a plan on the table. So it's just kind of getting the pen to the paper and finally deciding something where the NBA still seems a little further apart. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But uh, elsewhere is if you're not sick of coronavirus nonsense already, uh, Cal- this is uh, important as it pertains to college football. And uh, I guess if you're a college student listening, this just classes. And uh, like what things are going to be like in the fall. California, it was announced yesterday, the California state, uh, all the state schools, it's 20 schools, whatever their governing body is. It's what the one that runs the state school is Cal State, Bakersfield, San Jose State, UC, whatever, announced uh, that they will not likely not be having in-person classes in the fall. That's 20 plus schools that did not include USC, which is private, UCLA, UC Berkeley, all of that. But then later the UC board uh, governing board in California last night and also announced that they are likely not having in-person classes in the fall. So that does include your UCLA's, your UC, your Cal Berkeley. Is Stanford public or Stanford's private, right? Stanford is private. So it doesn't include Stanford and UFC because they're private, but it does include Cal Berkeley and UCLA, which is more significant news. And I don't understand this at all. I, I you know, Look, I get California's had it worse. I get it's more of a hot spot. I don't get making this decision on May 12th about when to have classes. Yes, I'm not dumb. Yes, I understand you have to plan ahead, like like planning ahead for you know living situations. Just teachers have to get prepared for online classes. Uh, I don't think like this is there's no way to talk like everything with regard to this virus and everything else is political. I mean, don't don't kid yourself. I just uh, I don't understand this. I don't understand making this decision now, and I don't understand the decision either um it's hard for like i'm not a conspiracy theory guy but it's hard for me to not believe that this is in some way politically motivated just because if you actually get your head out of the sand everything is political in some ways i mean they politicize the virus i say they like just we as humans in the united states everything seems to be political by nature in some way and this to me just kind of reeks of that and i'm not saying that's like good bad not i mean apolitical in terms of like which side i guess i'm knocking or not knocking I just think this is political, and I don't understand it. Yeah, especially the the L.A. County thing. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I I am well-versed in academia. I do find it – I mean, maybe it would just be so much more work. I don't know. But making the decision in May when classes don't start until the end of August – I don't know. I, that that just seems a little premature to me. Maybe you could have added some contingencies. Hey – 
we're going to operate as if campus is going to be half open. Here's what that looks like. Something like that. But just to outright shut everything down and do exclusively online early or online learning this early seems a little crazy. What's even crazier is L.A. County. Just a bizarre decision to continue their shelter in place order for another three months. Now, could living in a place like Los Angeles, where for the last, uh, I don't know, uh, two months or so, uh, most of you have been out of work in some way or another. Either you're not allowed to go to work or your work's been shut down or you've been fired. And I read somewhere that some industries in Los Angeles called yesterday Black Monday because after that announcement, a bunch of people got fired. I mean, by the thousands. So in L.A. County, a very expensive place to live, as you can imagine, tax rates that are unbelievable, you're going to tell people that they cannot work and provide for their family or go anywhere for another three freaking months? You're just asking for your city to just implode financially on itself and never recover. That is just freaking mind-blowing. Three more months? What are you doing? Yeah, it seems like in and and yeah, it's easy to be like, huh, huh, like libs in California, whatever. I don't even mean that from this way, but it seems like particularly in the state of California lately, it has become a bit of an arms race to be the most proactive and the most cautious to where that's not really necessary at this point. Like and that sounds reckless to say it's not necessary to be cautious, but making declarations like this that far in advance and like saying the stay at home order is through August. I mean, I guess that leaves room for you to adapt like. To me, all that does is just drive the general public crazy. Why not extend it for another week or two if you really feel that way and then just keep doing it like that? But just saying, yeah, you're not going anywhere to the end of July or beginning of August, whatever the hell it was. I just that doesn't seem wise. It seems like that would just stir up further unrest. You're already having protests in the street, at, you know, protests in the street. It's not like a riot, like protests at Huntington Beach and all those little beach communities or whatever, not being able to use the beaches and stuff. It just. I don't see the need to announce that, but again, I am not a politician. I, I'm sure there's reasons and information that we do not have. I just, it seems fishy, or it seems puzzling, I guess would be a better way to describe it. I don't get it, man. I'm with you. I mean, just like California like a week doesn't or two feel like it's playing football in the fall, is basically what we're just kind of pussyfooting around. I mean, no. it, it, the, the Pac 12 football seems more and more unlikely, and this is going to be an interesting dynamic. Because it's already, you've kind of had the feel in the last half decade in particular, outside of a couple good Washington seasons, that the Pac-12, pretty much in all sports, is just kind of lagging behind the other four major conferences. And, like, is this going to force, like, if they sit out a season and it's just the other four major conferences, to me, that almost spells permanent change. Like, maybe I'm just wrong, but it's already gotten this feeling without a global pandemic, and now they're lagging behind in this, too. Yeah, not great. This just popped in my head. If the Pac-12 doesn't play football this year, uh, you will have conference expansion with the other four major power conferences because Arizona and Arizona State will be looking for a home. Oregon will be looking for a home. They're not sticking around if the Pac-12 says you're not playing football this year. They will go somewhere else, and we will have conference expansion quickly. Yeah, Colin Cowherd tweeted last night, who's not a reporter, but, I mean, he knows a lot of people. Uh, Especially in L.A., he knows a lot of people. Yeah, told by two people I trust, USC versus Alabama isn't happening. Uh, thank you, Colin. That seems uh, To me, that seemed fairly obvious at this point. Maybe I was wrong. But, I mean, Alabama's already talking to uh, TCU about opening because TCU opens at Berkeley and playing them instead. But, anyway, Trojans can't pla- practice in their L.A. facility for potentially several months. This is why Bama is already talking to other opponents. Not official, but understood. Feeling now is Pac-12 football in the spring. I don't really buy that much more likely. Uh, so, I mean, word is getting out there. It just, yeah, this this feels like the Pac-12 is probably uh, not playing football, but just kind of wild. Like, what is, this college football season is going to be different. Like, breaking news there, very profound statement by uh, the host of this show. But I don't know how it's going to be different, but, man, if you play a season with four power conferences and the Pac-12 out of it, and it operates just fine because the Pac-12 hasn't really been in the playoff mix much anyway, like, what does that spell for the future? It means there isn't one. And uh, Brett McMurphy said this morning some conference schools are already having discussions with other conference members about a possible home-and-home home series this year in case all of the league members cannot play. I think that's the Pac-12. 
I think that's exactly what that is. I think that is Oregon and, and Arizona State and, and Utah and Colorado and everybody else calling each other saying, if California, if they get shut down, do you want to play us twice? Because we need football here and we want to play. I think that's what that is. I'd be shocked if it was any other league because the Big 12's playing. I mean, Bob Bowlesby, and to his credit, uh, seems to have a really strong message in, hey, look, if we can have our campuses open but most of our classes are being done online, we can play football. We can have our kids in their dorms and we can test them and they can work out and practice. And if they're all negative, why would we not play? Our campus is open. Let's do it. So it's not going to be the Big 12. Sure as hell is not going to be the SEC. I think the Big 10, by and large, is very similar to the SEC, believe it or not, in the necessity for college football in certain places. Like State College Pennsylvania needs Penn State football. Even Columbus, Ohio, the capital city, which is not a small place, they, they need Ohio State. Ann Arbor, Michigan needs Michigan. East Lansing needs Michigan State. It's generally smaller towns or places that are dependent on football. I don't think they're missing this season. The ACC is a little unique with Syracuse being in New York, but the rest of the conference is schools and small towns that need football to happen. I think the he's his sources, I think, are people in the Pac-12. Yeah. And I like I'm so like it's 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 what's in the news cycle every day. But I am so sick of discussing like what's going to happen, who's going to play, who's not going to play. Like I cannot wait for it either just happen or not happen, and this be behind us. But anyway, yeah, it doesn't feel like the Pac-12 is playing football. I don't buy the spring season bullshit. No one's ever been able to sell me how the next season starts or given me a logical uh, a logical. Um, plan as to how that would affect the 2021 season but uh congrats to clay helton no one would have ever predicted he would be the coach of usc in the calendar year 2021 and it appears that might happen so um that's just uh pretty wild so anyway outside of that i just saw some quick old miss news old miss baseball related news pop up on my feed chase parham of rivals.com uh has this scoop that freshman outfielder connor wash has entered the transfer portal uh Really highly touted prospect kid, kid with a lot of speed, really athletic, that you thought had a chance to come in and start in center field from day one, but uh, really kind of got buried by Jerion Ely and uh, Cade Sammons. So, um, you know, a highly rated kid in that class, in that freshman class last year, is headed in the transfer portal. Uh, to not totally shocking, particularly with uh, him redshirting this year, would have had his eligibility back anyway. But uh, not totally shocking, kind of got buried in that outfield. But a, uh, a highly rated kid, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism out of high school is headed elsewhere. But not like I said, that's not really totally surprising to me, in all honesty. Uh, just simply a matter of wasn't going to play, saw the writing on the walls going somewhere else. Yeah, and Mike Bianco is known for recruiting a bunch of shortstops and playing them somewhere else. But, man, he's had a lot of dudes get scared off by these a couple of these guys in center field. I mean, you remember had Josh Hall, who got a pretty big hit in Baton Rouge in that crazy Sunday game, was thought really fast kid. He was the stolen base leader or whatever out of high school. Uh, really fit, quick kid comes in and sees all the talent in the outfield and hauls off to Auburn. Like, they've had, they've had a couple of dudes kind of see the – that some of the outfield depth, I think particularly defensively, and just kind of be like, uh, nah, I'll go somewhere else. That really kind of the second one of those. I was uh, interesting kind of, uh, I guess, subplot there. But yeah, just, I mean, not huge news, not totally surprising, but I figured I would throw that one out there. Outside of that, there's uh, not a ton of sports news, to, certainly not a ton of Ole Miss-related sports news. Uh, did there you catch up be on for the a last while. dance? Uh, no, haven't yet. I just, you know, with the kid and stuff, a lot of things going on around here. He's um, he's starting to sit up in stuff, so he's a lot more busy. Um, I mean, before it was really like you just kind of had to lay him down and like do some tummy time, and most of the time he was just like sleeping or eating, and that was it. Now he's busy and like needs to be entertained, and so my, my nights until we put him to bed are, are kind of uh, occupied, so I haven't had a chance to to catch up yet. I'm going to make a point to do it. Yeah, I don't have a kid or a wife, so I spent my time yesterday cleaning out uh, before radio. I was cleaning up kind of my room, but I was cleaning out a couple of drawers in there, and I pulled what I think is an idiotic move but a power move at the same time. So when I was in college, like particularly with two younger brothers, 
like still get like Christmas and stocking stuff from my parents and like Easter stuff as well. Well, uh, one of the things other than the fast food gift cards that I'm pretty sure that I've outlined on this podcast before is uh, that I got from the little stocking stuffers are Uber gift cards, right? Like 20, 25 bucks, whatever. Uh, like college kid, don't drink and drop that whole thing. Classic gift from your parents. Well, I am just bad about like utilizing gift cards in general unless it's something I really need or I really like or if it's like food. But like places to go get like other stuff that's not food, like I'm just bad about using gift cards. So I found just a whole mess of Uber gift cards that I had not used through the years. Do you want to try to try to get the, the amount of gift cards that I just redeemed uh, on my Uber app from yesterday? I haven't used it yet. You haven't used Uber? Uh, not, I'm, I say yet. I haven't used it in a very long time. Okay, well, I, uh, I, I, I redeemed $320 worth of Uber gift cards onto my Uber account yesterday. Wait, how the hell did you do that? Just That's, what gift I meant. Cards. That's what I was so, like, meaning I haven't used it. Like, people give you gift cards for Uber? Yeah, so that you can do that, like, just like any other thing. Like, you know, like, I, like, like Uber obviously is just hooked up to your bank account, so like or, or your or your debit card or whatever. So every time you do it, like you take an Uber, like obviously it debits your account. Like I'm explaining something very basic here, but much like iTunes or anything else, you can get gift cards to Uber. So my parents used to put just like small gift cards and like other relatives just give me Uber gift cards as like stocking stuffers or whatever. And I guess through like four and a half years of college plus like three years being out now, I'm just bad about redeeming them. Like I haven't cashed them. So I uploaded all these onto my uh, Uber app yesterday and have $300 worth of gift cards on Uber now. So I Uber eats a meal last night just to, uh, I guess, uh, try to burn a hole in some of that. But yeah. How long does that take? Uh, for me to do $300, I probably said uh, for a year. To do Uber Eats. I've never, I've never used Uber Eats before. We've got that in the area and like DoorDash. I see DoorDash people a lot, but I've never used either one. So I don't ever use any of that. My girlfriend used them, but I don't ever use those because I'm just, I'm like as lazy as I claim to be. I just like, I get the need for it sometimes, but most of the time, like I'm going to go pick it up myself. Like I'm just not paying like $5 extra just to have someone bring it to me. If I'm capable of getting it myself, just, I just don't ever do it. Um, but last night it took half an hour. I ordered food as soon as we got off the air at like 5:58, and it was at my house by 6:30. So it took like 30 minutes, which is really not bad at all. And much like Uber, as a passenger, you can track it the whole time, so you know exactly where it is and where it's coming from. So, yeah, I was, uh, I'm was i going to be eating good for a while because I'm probably going to use most of these on Uber Eats, to be completely honest. Nice. Yep, that's a pretty most exciting thing going on in my life right now. I'm on, like, my fourth Pablo Escobar documentary, but outside of that, don't have a ton going on. <laughs> I've started watching Community, which... Uh, what is that? It's... Um... It's a sitcom made by the oh gosh I forgot who made it um oh man I'm an idiot I just started it too and I looked this up like last night it's the same people that like the same studio that did Parks and Rec and uh, the same guy uh, that did uh, Rick and Morty on Adult Swim and and all these people are involved in all these successful sitcoms anyway it's about uh, a study group at a community college. And so you've got like a, a lawyer that lied about passing the bar and like Chevy Chase is in it and uh, Allison Bree. And it's like all these misfits in a community college study group. It, it's funny. It takes a few episodes to like hit its stride. But once it does, um, it, I think it's really, really good. It, just, you know, worth trying. It's like it's got a Parks and Rec kind of feel to it. I have to check that out. What community? Community. Yeah. And. The, the first few episodes are, are kind of tough, but Pat, once you get past them, it's it gets a lot funnier. And it's okay to start, but it took me like four or five to really uh, start enjoying it. And now I I just have it on all the time. Uh, here's my nuanced take on Pablo Escobar as I'm about three documentaries into him in the last month. Uh, not a great guy. Hmm. <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He had his flaws, I guess I should say. No, it also is the surprising thing I found out from this. I don't know why I do this. I get on some like piece of history or something and end up watching like three or four docs on it at a time uh, before I move on to something else. I didn't realize. So like we romantic like all these narcos and all these other like I guess movies and stuff like kind of uh, 
romanticized him as like this like tragic hero or whatever, but uh, as like this kind of glamorous life of drug trafficking. But uh, that dude was not really a drug trafficker at all. Like the drug trafficking is where his money came from, but pretty much every like people under him in the cartel ran that. That dude was like, this sounds ridiculous to say, but on the scale of Adolf Hitler to like your local drug kingpin in like a city that's get busted with a couple pounds of whatever drug, uh, uh, Escobar is way closer to uh, Adolf Hitler. I mean, that dude, I didn't realize he had his own militia. Like, he basically just waged a war on Colombia, and his plan was to take over the entire country. I mean, that dude was killed thousands upon thousands of people. I mean, so he was so upset. Like, he was trying to kill the vice president of Colombia, or someone maybe it was in the, the their version of the FBI that was trying to take him down, and blew up a, uh, an, uh, a commercial airliner just to try to kill the guy, and he wasn't even on that plane. Like, I just didn't realize the grand scale of what it took to take him down. It was like the largest manhunt in history— but he had his own militia, like with thousands of soldiers and stuff. And I, I guess I just never realized the full scale of what he was. Like, he was not really a drug trafficker at all. Like, that guy wanted to take over the world. And he uh, was almost successful in that. I was about to say, he got damn close. Like, <laughs> it was the, the manhunt that, like, the, one of the docks was on surrounding, like, the people responsible for taking him down. And it was just... The amount of manpower and bloodshed it took to take that guy down was absolutely insane. I mean, I think he might be still be one of the richest people to ever live. He's worth over like fifty billion dollars at his peak. But uh, I just found like I just went into it like before I knew a ton about Escobar, thinking like, yeah, he's this great like not great, but this grand like drug lord, drug trafficker. Uh, drugs were pretty low on the totem pole by the end of uh, Escobar's reign. Like he was he was trying to take over one Colombia and then two the world. And I just found it wild that one dude that sold drugs uh, built his own militia. That seems like a pretty difficult thing to do. But that's you got to protect uh, yourself, man. Yeah, no kidding. Like, Jesus. I mean, they, he pretty much invented the car bomb. Like, he was – I didn't realize, like – I thought he, like, killed hundreds of dudes. But it is, it is either – I mean, it is easily thousands. Uh, probably in the five figures, honestly. But anyway – that's uh, that's what's on my television screen most nights. That and Shark Tank, but pretty pretty boring stuff. I can't wait for UFC to come back. Oh, here's some uh, some breaking Ole Miss news for you. They're going to play Ryder in uh, in basketball in December. So you're welcome. Ole Miss podcast Ryder. content right there. Okay, well, uh, a revenge game for Dementio Vaughn. Yeah, that's how they're billing it too. They even the uh, transfer announcement. <laughs> they said revenge game. It's a revenge game. They're like, yeah, Davinci Vaughn will play against his former team here. Interesting. Yeah, I like uh, that. John Rothstein's been very on brand for this. Like, he'll just go source Sar- Charlotte set to play San Jose State in hoops next year. It's like, wow, like earth-shattering uh, Rothstein bomb there. But uh, like, I-, I can't imagine like that's Rothstein's whole deal. Like, his whole peak of his existence is the NCAA tournament, and he just had that robbed from him. Has anybody checked on that guy? Like, there's no way he's doing okay. He's still tweeting through it, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just wonder if, if we're no, – well, no one's talking about yet is, like, if college football's pushed back and all that, how does it affect hoops? Because you have games with far more frequency and people – I mean, would you say people are closer in proximity at hoops games than they are football? And they're indoors, and there are some indoor facilities in football too, obviously. But yeah, they're they're inside. And I read something the other day that said, basically, closing beaches doesn't make sense because you're really not going to catch it outside. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe a Kermit and them should go back to the tad pad for an outdoor venue, so you won't catch Corona as easy next year. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, how sick yeah. would it be though if they set up like just a one-time thing, set up a basketball court like at Swayze? Or would it like the square jam just became like a makeshift home court, like an actual year? game? Yeah, that'd yeah, be just, awesome. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think the locals would be down for having the square shut down twice a week uh, for home games, but uh, it would be pretty sweet in theory. But anyway, is there the locals aren't else down for on? anything. They hate everything that happens always. Yeah, anything that causes traffic and blocks up the roads. But 
Did we miss anything today? There wasn't a uh, not a whole lot of uh, earth-shattering news. Let's see. Let's go through uh, my likes here. Enos Cantor is going to be a WWE wrestler when he hangs up uh, the basketball shoes. I can't say I saw that coming, Mister Out. Like the guy that's outspoken against the Turkish government that's had like a bounty on his head and like he's like would probably get assassinated. All joking aside, if he went there, like WWE did not like he seems way too serious for that. Yeah. Armando Galarraga is uh, asking Major League Baseball to change his game to a uh, perfect game after the blown call since replay exists now. Um, For those of you who don't know, Armando Galarraga, the Detroit Tigers pitcher that had his no-hitter basically just killed by Jim Joyce, the umpire who called a clearly guy that was very clearly out safe at first base with two outs in the ninth inning. Uh we were talking about that on radio last week. Like, if it's even close, man, just call him out. Like, it didn't decide, like, didn't change the outcome of the game. But nobody, uh, including the guy that you called out, would complain if you did that. Yeah. And in my mind, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess Galarraga, I get why he would want it changed for the record because he never really did anything else in Major League Baseball. But, uh, like, in his mind, like, he knows he threw a, threw a perfect game. But what happened? What, whatever. That's interesting. Yeah. He may be remembered more for not throwing one than throwing one. Yeah, that is. I guess that's uh, technically true. Let's see. Really I think that's about all else. I got. Uh, the PGA Tour is coming back, and they're like, prov- I think it's hilarious. They're providing. I think it's a good idea, but they're providing charter planes from event to event, and just having all those players crammed together. I guess it's probably not mandatory. Like, I guess the guys that want to fly private could fly private, but they were. I, when I was reading these charter planes, seemed to be safer in a more controlled environment than even flying private, according to the story that I read. But uh, the uh, golf seems to have it down. I mean, it's a little easier because they're outside, not as many people, you're spaced out, no fans or no gallery or whatever. But uh, golf, like, is just kind of chugged along and, like, really hasn't had much controversy at all. Even if there was, I don't think they'd care. Yeah, probably not. But that's uh, that's about all we had for today. We'll be back at it with Mailbag Friday. Might get Greg on to throw you some random UFC picks. We haven't uh, hadn't had a good gambling talk with Greg in a while. So I'll look into that. Send us your Mailbag Friday questions. Tweet us, text us, email us, however you want to get them in. Participate in. Can I keep calling it the people's quarantine? We're kind of getting out and about again. I guess now that restaurants are open, it'll just go back to the people's holiday Uh uh, social distancing holiday. I don't know. I'll come up with some other stupid name. The but people's social distance. Yeah, uh, that's pe- bad. <laughs> the people's six feet. Actually, that could be contorted a lot of ways. Probably not going down that road. But uh, <laughs> the anyway, we'll be back for Mailbag Friday. Remind you one more time. Probably have Greg on to tell us uh, what's going on at the store. All that stuff on Friday. But go check him out. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Best place in Mississippi to get meat, steaks, custom cuts, sausages. It's grilling season. The weather's awesome. You know you want to throw something on the grill. You may as well get the best meat. Greg can help with that. Uh, go check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Borky and I will be on radio this afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, 3 to 6 p.m., like we are every day, Monday through Friday. So uh, for that, I'll see you this afternoon, Borky, and we'll be back at it for Mailbag Friday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.